Hi, family and friends. I wanted to record a special episode as today marks 10 years free from all mind-altering substances. What a blessing it has been. My heart is full of gratitude as I sat tonight to do my evening review, where I review my day. And I had such a blessed day. So many of you reached out to me to wish me congratulations, and I can't thank you enough, but I can't take all the credit. Yes, I've done a lot of work throughout my sobriety to get to this point. There's been a lot of inventories and a lot of step work and a lot of compassion for others and for myself and forgiveness and so many different things. But, and and I do take your congratulations very heartfelt. It means the world to me. But I would not be here today if it weren't for the incredible support system and the higher power that I have come to know and love who has fully supported me in all my craziness, all my darkness, everything. My higher power has been with me from the day I was born. I didn't realize it many different times, but through this work I do in my sobriety and getting connected to a higher power of my own understanding, I am feeling the love for that higher power today. I am feeling the blessings. And as I shared in my Instagram and Facebook post today, I, uh, I've had some very candid conversations with that higher power over these last 10 years when things didn't go my way or the way I felt they should. But what I wanted to share with you guys today is um, basically 12 things that I've learned in 10 years of sobriety. And I've learned so many, but these were the ones that came to mind when I wrote this little fun little list I wanted to share with you guys. So number one, honesty without compassion is brutality. Also, if someone hasn't asked for your opinion, it isn't needed to be given. And thinking that it is, is rather self-centered. Two, life is always changing and some things are extremely difficult to go through. But with God and a strong support system, it is possible to be carried through some very brutal adversities and not only remain sober, but also remain free. And if any of you want examples of those things, please reach out to me. We can have a private conversation about some of the crazy things I've been through over the last 10 years. Your whole life can change in an instant and uh, you can get mad at your higher power. But at the end of the day, I made decisions based on self that later placed me in a position to be hurt. And uh, when I did the work around that, I was free. Number three, not everyone is on the same path as you. Allow them to be who they are as they are without your need to tell them they should be otherwise. This has been crucial in my recovery and it's still an ongoing process of not thinking I know what's best for everyone or believing that they should do things a certain way or this, that, and the other. Each individual on this planet is on their own path. And if they're not on the same path as me, it's not my duty to be the Megan 12-step fellowship police and bring them my way or this, that, and the other. Not just 12-step fellowships, romance police, you name it, I've played the sheriff. And it's not my duty to do that anymore. Number four, it is a miracle to be sober, whether that's for 10 minutes or 10 years. Every second counts in life, and not everyone gets to experience the gift of sobriety, so cherish it. 
do the work to maintain it, and live your best frickin' life. Far too many people die. When I first came into the rooms, a long-timer said to me, look around this room and pay attention to who's here. And then look around the room when you reach five years, if you make it that far, and see how many of them are still standing. And I hate to tell you guys this, but it's so true. Not everyone comes and sticks around at staying sober. Not everyone decides to get sober or it's not really a decision. It's it's kind of like you're in a heartbreaking situation and you just kind of last desperate attempt is maybe I'll try this 12-step stuff. Or for other people who don't use the 12 steps, it's it's not like we go down the hall skipping. I did, but that was for other reasons. But the point in all this is people are dying. People are dying every day of alcoholism related diseases and addictions and overdose and things like that. And we get to be sober today. Like just breathe that in for a minute. I didn't have a drink or a drug today. And get out there and share that message with as many people as you possibly can because it needs to be shared that it is possible to recover. Number five, we are not meant to be perfect people. So let go of those ridiculous expectations of yourself and accept that you are going to screw up, sometimes in big ways, even when living a spiritual life. Use the tools at your disposal to clear up the messes as they arise. Number six, being an alcoholic addict is not an excuse for bad behavior. I can't count the number of times prior to sobriety and probably even sometimes in sobriety where I've said things like, well, it's just because I'm an alcoholic or it's just because I do this because I'm an addict. Um, I know there was a phase in my recovery where I would say, well, it's just because I'm a selfish addict. <laughs> like, um, yes, that is why I behave the way I do quite often, but it's not an excuse for bad behavior. Um, I don't get to say, I'm an addict, therefore I'm going to use again, or I'm an alcoholic, therefore I'm selfish and self-centered to the core. So I treat people poorly because, or I try to control everything in life because I'm an alcoholic. Like, no, I need to do the work around those things to try to get God to bring me to a better place. Um, so that's just my, and again, these are all just my opinions. So if you don't agree, that's okay. If your sponsor doesn't agree with me, that's okay you listen to your sponsor. They are always right. Number seven, the solution cannot be transmitted sexually and only a spiritual solution worked for an alcoholic addict of my type. I share this because someone said that to me early on in recovery. Um, not that I was sleeping around the fellowship. I wasn't, but I was a bit flirty and different things. And a long timer pulled me aside and said, Hey, Megan, the solution cannot be transmitted sexually. And as blunt as that sounds, I think it's important that we remember not to sleep with our brothers and sisters in sobriety. Um, again, just my opinion, but these things can lead to certain people having relapses. It can lead to heartache. Um, so just take that to your sponsor before that starts happening. Number eight. Expecting anything from anyone leads only to resentment, which has the power to kill. How many times 
have we had an expectation of someone and they didn't meet it and then we felt let down or we felt pissed off and we brood in that being angry. Now we have tools in sobriety that I use, which is inventory. When I'm pissed off at somebody for 15 minutes, I need to do a 10th step inventory where I'm calling my sponsor. Spirit of honesty, I don't do it as far enough, as as often enough as I should. Um, but I'm working on that as of recently. But 15 minutes pissed off, call my sponsor, do a 10th step on it. If that doesn't relieve it, and I'm still thinking about it after 24 hours, I need to get out a pen and paper and be doing a four column written inventory on it because I want to be free of this stuff and get to the other side where God resides. Number nine, when someone tells you who they really are, believe them. I'm just going to leave that one there. There's a lot I could say on that, but let's just take people at face value for who they say they are and accept them with unconditional love. It's not our job to change people. It's just our duty as human beings on this planet to truly, truly love on people. Number 10, if God wanted you to know what people were thinking, he would have given you the ability to read minds. How many times do we get it in our head that somebody, so-and-so thinks this about me or so-and-so thinks that about me? And we don't know. I mean, there might be a few people listen to this podcast who do have the ability to read minds. And if you do, please contact me because I want you to read some other people's minds for me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, for the most part, we don't have that ability to read minds. So thinking that we know what anyone else is thinking in a situation isn't doing us any good. And a great resource I had in early recovery related to this was if I thought someone was thinking something about me or about a situation or about a story I told, I would actually, I was advised to go up to them and say, hey, I'm just wondering, are you thinking this? I only did it about three times because I was completely embarrassed when they weren't thinking anything related to what my delusional mind wanted to believe they were. But that's a really great exercise. And this is a side note. It's not one of them, but it's coming to me now. Gossip has the power to kill when it comes to people getting sober, especially if someone relapses and everyone's talking about it. So if you want to curtail gossip and you don't want to be a part of it, the best way to do that is to say, this person isn't here right now, and I don't want to discuss them without this them being present. And very quickly, people will stop coming to you to talk to you about everyone else. Because th that was my experience anyways. That's what I was advised to do by one of my sponsors. And people stopped coming to me to tell me all the juicy details about everybody else's life because it really, really does have the power to kill. Um, people relapse and then they get talked about in the rooms and then they won't come back to the rooms and then they die of an overdose. Um, it's happened far too many times and it needs to stop. So let's stop talking about our brothers and start talk and sisters and start talking to them. And this is true whether you're in sobriety or not. Gossip has the power to kill in various different ways. People commit suicide over gossip and things like that. So let's just all if we're concerned about someone, let's go to them and talk to them and tell them we love them and that we're there for them. And otherwise, um, just 
Let's not talk about each other. Let's talk to each other. Number 11, you are not that important. Not everyone is talking about or thinking about you all the time. I can't count the number of times. If I had a dollar for every time my sponsor has had to say to me, Megan, you are not that important. (laughs) Because oftentimes we believe the world revolves around us. And this is true of all of society these days. It's very egocentric and um, we're not really as important as we believe we are. Uh, The world isn't always talking about us and thinking about us. And so anyways, I just always think that one's funny. You are not that important. Number 12, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. I think it's very important that we, uh, we remember these statements. And so, so quite often in the past on my social media, you would see me put God is good, dot, dot, dot. And I would hope that someone would respond all the time and then they might not. So I'd put it in the comments. And um, it's from a movie I used to like to see, but it, it really gets the point across that our higher power And if you guys don't like the word God, put in there whatever you use. I use the word God because that's what matters to me as God and my higher power. But each individual has a right to choose a higher power of their own understanding. Um, And God really is always working in our favor, always working for the highest good of the most number of people. And we just have to have faith and trust, which isn't always easy, especially when we don't get what we want or what we think we need but we truly are being provided everything that we need. And that brings me to my next bonus point, which is number 13, wanting anything to go your way will set you up for disappointment. Your higher power knows and sees the big picture and the long game. So when things don't work out, trust that it, that God has this or something better for you. And there's tools you can use related to this to get to the other side of fears and different things when things totally fall apart. Um, As I said earlier, my life has fallen apart a few times in sobriety, not to complete devastation, but there's been some difficult times. And I can definitely assure you that when I was in those moments, my higher power was carrying me for sure. I didn't see that till later on. Um, Sometimes I turned my back on my higher power, but at the end of the day, I was being so loved and being so held for something better coming along. I had some other things come to mind while I was sharing that list, but I can't remember them at this point. So I think that's just it. I. I can't wait to get to know you all on this incredible journey that is life. I got to spend the day with my daughter today and we saw her father for a bit and it's it's a good life. And I wouldn't have imagined it even a year ago. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening in. And if I can support you in any way moving forward, please don't hesitate to reach out. 
either in the Souls Unleashed Facebook group or on Instagram. I might even be trying out TikTok in the near future, but just look for me on social media and just know you're not alone. If you'd like further details of my sobriety story, I do have copies of the Great Canadian Woman book available. Reach out to me on social and I'll get your copy mailed, signed and mailed to you. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's my story of addiction to sobriety and I hope it will support those that need it. Thank you for 10 years, guys. Thank God for 10 years. And remember, if you take it one minute at a time, one day at a time, you can build up to 10 years yourself. Let's go paint the town with love.